Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Harvin, Senior Editor behind Steelcurtain.com, with you for another episode of Let's Ride, your Monday, Wednesday, and Friday morning podcast. And even though it is Monday, and even though it is a holiday for anyone listening in the United States of America, it is the 4th of July, I'm still here. Days off. What are days off? I don't know. I've never, as Chase Claypool once said in 2020, his rookie season, losing, never heard of her. At Behind the Steel Curtain, we say days off, never heard of her. We're going to provide content any day, every day of the week. Christmas Day, Thanksgiving, doesn't matter. We will be here, and that's why. Whether it's the podcast network, whether it's the website, we should be your one-stop shop, your go-to for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. Look, today's show is going to be a little different. On Monday, typically you're used to a Monday morning conversation. I don't have one today. And the reason I don't have one today is it was a holiday weekend. And not only was I busy, a lot of pool time, a lot of grilling time, some golf time, all that good stuff, uh, I, I I didn't want to bother anyone else. You know, there's a lot of people that have, they have their lives. I'm not going to hound someone about setting up a meeting and doing all this stuff. So there is no Monday morning conversation today. I'm going to be completely honest. And this show might be a little bit shorter than normal. That's okay. It is the dog days of summer. And as I always start off my podcast with any Steelers news, there isn't any. I mean, unless you want to count Kenny Pickett getting a field in New Jersey that he grew up playing on, renamed Kenny Pickett Field, that's it. That's great. That's flipping fantastic. You know, and, and it's one of those situations where I realize that, you know, as I do this show on a Monday, which is the 4th of July, where everyone's off, a lot of people are traveling, 
I kind of feel like if, if if you're a sports movies fan, okay, you're, you're a sport movie guy, you should know the movie Major League. And if you've seen the movie Major League, then you know the character Harry Doyle. Now, Harry Doyle was the announcer, which is, in real life, it's Bob Euchre. And Bob Euchre not only played in the Major Leagues, but also is still the announcer for the Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, and I think a lot of people don't realize this. He's not an actor. He's an athlete turned actor, and he's hysterical. I love his character in the movie, and it reminds me of the scene where they're wrapping up a road trip, and he's doing the game recap, and he goes, and the Indians had one hit. One hit. One damn hit. And his color commentary guy, the color guy, reaches over, covers my and says, you can't say damn on the air. He goes, ah, no one's listening anyways. And that's what I feel like. <laughs> Here we are on a Monday, July 4th. No one's listening anyways, so let's just get that. Let's do this show. But I wanted to say that I actually, the more I started preparing for this show and where this show came from, because I always try to preface where these thoughts come from in my brain, this show stemmed from my last trip home to Wheeling, West Virginia, sitting at the kitchen table, talking to my mom, my mom, is she listens to my podcast. My dad doesn't, but my mom does. And she said, I have a topic that I think would be really great for you to discuss. And I said, okay, what's that? And she said, well, you know, it's the summer. There's not as, many, there's not as much stuff to talk about. So I thought it would be really cool if you compared the current team to some of the great teams of the past. She said, like, in the 70s. And I said, she, she was talking specifically about the defense. And I said, well, okay, there's only one problem with that, Mom. I said, in the past, in the 70s, the Steel Curtain, well, they played a different defense. She goes, well, what do you mean? I said, well, they played what's called a 4-3. They had four down linemen and three linebackers, and now the Steelers play a 3-4 defense, three down linemen, four, four linebackers. She said, well, okay, so what? I said, well, it's, it's going to be tough to compare T.J. Watt as an outside linebacker to – you know, and and Ernie Holmes or an Elsie Greenwood in that defense because it's just set up differently. And she she understood that, and she said, "Okay." I said, "But I could compare them to the early two thousand defenses because they ran the three four then." She goes, "Oh, that sounds interesting." And so I said, "I'm going to save this. I'm going to save this topic for a day like today when there's not much going on, and I just wanted to kind of go back in time a little bit. And I've I've really been I just I finished up the book Palomalu by Jim Wexel. I, I had finished the majority of it, but never finished the book. Uh, and I finished up, and I was just I become so enamored with those early two thousand teams because they were the teams of of I guess you would call it my fanhood prime. You know, when you're old enough to understand everything, but you're still young enough that you can really just dive headfirst into it and really make it a huge part of your life. And you think about me now, I'm 39 years old. I'm a father of five, husband, uh, working two jobs. Yeah, there are times when the, the Steelers take a back seat. But at that time, in those early 2000s, the, the Steelers were like the front seat. They were riding shotgun, and those those teams were phenomenal. So what I did is I wanted to see... How the Steelers' 2022 roster stacks up. And now my mom said just do the defense, and I said I'm going to go a step further. I'm going to look at the entire roster. And what I just, what I did was when I went back, I looked at the 2005, that's the Super Bowl 40 championship team, and 2008, the Super Bowl 43 championship team. I went back and I looked at their starting roster. Now there were other players there that probably contributed in some way, shape, or form, but I just wanted to look at the starting roster. 
And then I wanted to look at this current roster, or we'll call it a projected roster, because we don't know, for instance, who's going to be the quarterback in week one. That's a big thing. We don't know who's going to be the left guard. We think we have a good guess, but we have no idea. Center, we don't know either. How are they going to align the cornerbacks? We're not really sure, but we do have a group of individuals that we can kind of lump together and say, these are the cornerbacks. These are the running backs. And so I wanted to go back and I wanted to look at 2005 and also 2008 and then compare those to the current roster. So I hope this makes sense. Because what I found when I went back and I started to look at these rosters, what I found was that Every team had their weak spots. There is no such thing as a perfect team. Even Super Bowl champion teams have weaknesses. Even teams that are hoisting the Lombardi Trophy have areas where they weren't that great. And we're going to talk about that. And then we're going to compare them. Okay, we're going to compare them. So let's let's do 2005. We'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll do 2008. And then we'll, we'll finish this up looking at the 2022 projected roster. So in 2005... You got to remember what was going on in 2005. Ben Roethlisberger was entering the second year of his professional tenure. Heath Miller was the team's first round draft pick. And so in 2005, they're coming off of that 15 and 1 season the year prior. They lost to the New England Patriots in the AFC Championship game at Heinz Field, and there is a lot of expectations on this football team. So in 2005, that was the year obviously we all remember Bill Cowher wiping the slate clean and just saying it's a one-game season. From here on out, it started with Chicago in the snow. We all remember Jerome Bettis, Brian Erlacher, the meeting at the goal line. Erlacher goes backwards. That was such an iconic moment. That was 2005. So for those of you that might not be old enough to remember 2005, just to kind of lay the groundwork there. So I'm going to look at the offense first. So the starting offense for the 2005 Pittsburgh Steelers, a quarterback, none other than Benjamin Todd Roethlisberger. Okay, we all remember Ben is a young Ben and his mobility and things like that. Wide receiving core, you had Heinz Ward, Antoine Randall, Cedric Wilson, who made some big plays in the playoffs, and also a young Nate Washington rounded out the top four in terms of wide receivers. Tight end, they only had one starting tight end. That was Heath Miller as a rookie, even played. And now the offensive line, from left to right, left tackle, Marvell Smith, Hall of Famer Alan Fanica, veteran center Jeff Hardings, at right guard Kendall Simmons, first-round pick, and then at right tackle Max Starks, also drafted in 2004, I think in the third round after they got Roethlisberger at 11th overall. Now running back and fullback, when we know that Be- we know that Jerome Bettis, the bus, was a running back, but the starting running back was Fast Willie Parker. They did have a fullback listed. Bill Cowher still liked to have a fullback, and that was none other than number 35, Dan Kreider. So when you look at the offense of 2005, you had some you had some interesting things here. Okay, so wide receiver, really good position players. Remember Plaxico Burris, he was gone. Okay, he left in free agency after 04, but Heinz Ward tremendous should be a hall of famer in my opinion talked about that before but he wasn't also a game breaker Antoine Randwell not a game breaker Cedric Wilson not a game breaker Nate Washington no he wasn't he was great and he fit his role perfectly but he wasn't that guy Heath Miller at his tight end as a rookie year he had good numbers very similar to Pat Fryermuth in his rookie year in 2021 but nothing crazy now that offensive line that was something you know, you talk about Marvell Smith, who, until he started having back issues, was a really solid left tackle. Alan Fanica, Hall of Famer, 
Jeff Hardings was that wily veteran that man, he was he was just he was the right guy at the right time, in my opinion. And you look at the right side, Kendall Simmons. Kendall Simmons actually ended up getting benched uh, later in his tenure. And then Max Starks, a very young right tackle. Let's go to the defensive side. All right, the defensive side, we're going to look at the defensive line. Again, they ran a 3-4 alignment, just like they will talk about in 2022 and in 2008. You had Aaron Smith, maybe one of the most underrated Steeler defenders of that era. One of the most underrated guys. He meant so much to that defense, and yet no one talks about him. You look at the center, the, the, the nose tackle, the center of that 3-4 lineman, that's none other than big snack, Casey Hampton. And then next to him, Kimo Von Olhoffen. And Kimo Von Olhoffen, another underrated player. Everyone remembers him for one thing and one thing only. And that's rolling up under Carson Palmer in 2005, which tore his ACL and knocked him out of the game. And then John Kitna comes in in that wild card round and there just doesn't get the job done. So that's what everyone remembers Kimo for, but he was a good player. He was a great player. Then you look at the outside linebackers. You had Clark Hagens and Joey Porter as your bookends. Inside linebacker, James Ferrier and Larry Foote. Potsy, James Ferrier, in my opinion, in 04, he he did earn, and not just my opinion, he did earn Defensive Player of the Year uh, votes that season. Was absolutely phenomenal. I've said this last Wednesday when I was asked about the best free agent acquisition in Steelers history. That's my vote is for James Ferrier. You look at the starting cornerbacks, now, I just went over two, okay, the starting two. I didn't get into the nickel or the slot or the dime or anything like that. You had Ike Taylor and Deshae Townsend. Those were your starting cornerbacks in 2005. Your free safety and strong safety, free safety was Chris Hope. That was his last year in Pittsburgh, was in 2005. And we all know Troy Polamalu uh, was the strong safety. Let's even go into the specialist, shall we? Kicker, place kicker was Skippy Reed or Jeff Reed. And Chris Gardaki was doing the punting for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So when you look at that defense, were there weaknesses? <laughs> Tough to find them, to be completely honest with you. Maybe you would say the cornerbacks because Deshae Townsend turned into a really good slot corner but wasn't really a great starting on the outside. He had position flexibility. I compared Deshae Townsend to Levi Wallace that the Steelers just acquired in free agency. But that's neither here nor there. I, you look at the interior the defensive front was great. Maybe outside linebackers with Clark Hagens was good, but not great. Joey Porter was great at the time. A really good defense. A really good defense. So not going to draw those conclusions till the second half when we look at 2022, the projected roster, and see, is there anything we can draw, any conclusions we can draw? We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back after that break, we're going to look at 2008, the Super Bowl 43 team, and then we're going to kind of connect the dots so to speak so stay tuned we'll be right back after this break i'm alex rodriguez and i'm jason kelly from bloomberg this is the deal each week you're here in conversation with business icons this show will explore deal making across sports media and entertainment that is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify.
Steelers fans, welcome back to the second half of this Monday, July 4th Let's Ride podcast. And I hope you enjoyed the trip down memory lane from 2005. We're going to continue that trip down memory lane looking at 2008 next. We're going to go through the starting roster and see what we can do. We're going to start with the offense, just like we did in 2005, so let's get this started. Quarterback, we know that answer. BTR, Benjamin Todd Roethlisberger is the quarterback. The receiving core changed a little bit. Still have Heinz Ward. Still have Nate Washington. Santonio Holmes comes in because people forget Randall L. Left after 2005. And then Limus Swede. Yeah, Limus Swede was one of the wide receivers that year. Uh, If you remember, he had that crushing block in the divisional round game against the um, um, yeah against the Baltimore Ravens at Heinz Field. That's probably his most memorable moment as a Steeler outside of dropping passes. But that was your wide receiving core. That was it. Not really fantastic. Nothing really to write home about. But let's continue. Tight ends now. At this point, they have two tight ends listed. We know Heath Miller now. You have Matt Spath being added. He was out of Minnesota. The offensive line. This is the year that if you're going to look at wow, like this team did that with that group, it would be this year. So starting from left to right, the offensive line, Max Starks moves from the right tackle spot, which he was in 05. He's at the left tackle spot in 2008. Chris Kimoyatu is your left guard. This Everyone talks about Kendrick Green last year. That year, the center was a huge liability, and Justin Hartwig uh, still boggles my mind that the Steelers were somehow, some way able to win a championship with Justin Hartwig at center, but they did. At right guard, Darnell Stapleton came in, and he replaced Kendall Simmons uh, on the roster, so that was him. And then Willie Colon on the right tackle. These these players were just a, a jumbled, mixed match, a bunch of madness, good... Ugh, it wasn't even that great. And I, this is the famous... Everyone remembers... Ben Roethlisberger holding up the Lombardi Trophy and saying, how about this offensive line? What are they going to say now? And I get it, you know, rally the troops, but at the same time I look and think, that offensive line was just, wow. I mean, it was, yeah, it was interesting to say the least. We'll put it that way. Now you look at the running backs. Willie Parker was the guy that year. You still had Mowaldi Moore on the roster, and they did not have a fullback listed. Remember, this was Mike Tomlin. I believe it was Bruce Arians at the time. Uh, They just didn't have a fullback. They didn't feel the need to have a fullback, so Dan Kreider was long gone, and they didn't have a fullback. So when you look at the offense, again, the offensive line, nothing to write home about. Wide receivers, ditto, nothing to write home about. Yet this team was able to win a championship. Let's go to the defensive side. This defense was one of the most amazing defenses I've ever seen as a Steelers fan. We'll put it that way. The defensive line, Aaron Smith remains. So does big snack Casey Hampton. But Brett Kiesel takes over for Kimo Von Olhoffen along that defensive line, and he does a tremendous job. Your outside linebackers change completely. Gone Clark Higgins. Insert Lamar Woodley. Gone Joey Porter. Insert Debo James Harrison. Then you look at the interior and the inside linebackers, same as the 2005 team, James Ferrier and Larry Foote. Now, cornerbacks, Ike Taylor stays the same, but Bryant McFadden comes in, and he is the one that moves Deshae Townsend to the slot. The free safety change, out was Chris Hope, in was Ryan Clark, and Troy Polamalu, the future Hall of Famer, remains a key cog in that defensive wheel, we'll put it that way. The specialist, Jeff Reed remains, and Mitch Berger 
was your punter. And that's something that Mike Tomlin spoke about on the Pivot Podcast when he talked about how Mitch Berger down the stretch was basically playing on one leg. Just And, and the defense, Ryan Clark and the defense said, hey, don't punt it too far because we don't want to give up any more yards. We'll stop them. But we don't need to give them any more yards. Who cares how far you punt it? Let's go. Let's go make a stop. That's how confident. And when you think about this defense, now I talked about in 2005. You know, you had Hagens and Porter. Okay, not great. You had Taylor and Townsend. See, now you have a complete group, in my opinion. You have the front that's already good. Now you have Woodley, who in his prime was phenomenal. You had James Harrison in his prime. You still have Farrier and Foot. Now Ike Taylor and Brian McFadden make a really good cornerback duo. And you have Ryan Clark and Troy Polamalu in the back end, and they are just phenomenal. This defense was, in my opinion, far and away better than 05. They were not just capable. They were dominant. Every stretch of the word, you name it, they were dominant. Now, the 0-18 team because if you look at the offense, you say, wow, how did they win with that? The defense set up the offense. That's how that team won. That is how they won a championship. When you think about the Super Bowl, yes, the offense kind of bailed out the defense after Larry Fitzgerald catches the pass down the middle and literally splits the safeties. Troy Polamalu is in chase mode. And the offense, we know the drive. We know how it ends. San Antonio Holmes, toe-tapping catch in the back corner of the end zone. But it was the defense all year that really their dominant presence kept them in every single game. In 05, it was a little bit more balanced. The offense was capable. They had a really good offensive line. They had a really good running game. And they had a young quarterback that they didn't have to lean on all the time. So let's draw some conclusions here. Let's take a look at... 2022 offense and then compare them back to 05 and 08. So we don't know the quarterback. It could be Mitch Trubisky. It could be Mason Rudolph. It could be Kenny Pickett. But those quarterbacks compared to Ben Roethlisberger, even in 05 and year two, you just can't do it. You just can't make those comparisons. The offense is going to have to look different. It's almost going to have to look like 05 offense in regards to you can't sit there and say, well, the quarterback's going to bail us out. In 08, they could. In 08, they could say, Ben, we need some plays, man. We need you to make a few plays for us because I'm not, I don't know if we're going to get to get the job done if not. And so that's what he, that's what they had to do. Now, this year, it's going to have to look more like 05, in my opinion. And so do they have the weapons, though, to make it happen? You look at the running back, I think they do. Najee Harris, people want to talk about depth all they want. If he can stay healthy, you don't need that depth. You just need someone that can go in and spell Najee Harris. And I think back to Moeldy Moore, whether it was in 2008, making key plays in key moments, not relying and needing Willie Parker to do it all. And that was really, really important. Moeldy Moore didn't, he did start some games, but he didn't have to play a whole drive. It could just be put him in for a series. He can run the ball, so he's not going to be one of those situations where once that player enters the game, you know immediately what's going to immediately what is or is not going to happen. So, in other words, if Benny Snell is just awful and he goes into the game, everyone's going to know they're not going to run the ball because he's not touching the ball. They're not going to give it to him. That didn't happen with Moelle anymore. If he came in and spelled Willie Parker, it could have been for a, a series or two, and he was able to catch the ball in the backfield good at blitz pickup, and he could run the ball if necessary. That's what the Steelers need 
outside of Najee Harris. You know what you have with Najee Harris, but do you have what it takes behind him just to give him a breather now and then? From the receiving standpoint, the 2022 roster, you look at Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool. You have some young players in George Pickens or Calvin Austin III. You have Gunnar O as a possibility. You have Miles Boykin as a possibility. And when you look at all of this, I look back at 05's wide receiving options. I look at 08's wide receiving options. And while Heinz Ward was great and Santonio Holmes was great, these receiving options the team has now, in my opinion, outside of the fact that they haven't won, they're good. They're good. They're good options, and it's okay to admit that. You look at tight end. You have Fryermuth and Gentry in 2022. You compare that to Heath Miller and, and Spath in 08. Very comparable, in my opinion. Very comparable. And that's not. Calling Pat Fryermuth comparable to Heath Miller is not a cut on Heath Miller. I think some fans think that. That's not. And, and Gentry to Spath is a fair comparison. These are situations where I think the Steelers' offense, when you look at the skill positions, running back, tight end, receiver, you have more depth and better quality players than a lot of people give them credit for. Now, you look at the offensive line, and that's a different story altogether. You're looking at Dan Moore Jr., second-year player at left tackle. Let's assume that Kevin Dotson wins the left guard spot. Let's assume Mason Cole wins the center, and then we know James Daniels and Chooks Okorafor are likely going to finish out the right side of the line at right guard and right tackle, respectively. Now, I'm not saying that this offensive line on paper is better than 05, because 05 had a Hall of Famer in Fanica and some really good... I, I, Marvell Smith was way better than anyone gives him credit. And Jeff Hardings was, a like I said, that crafty old veteran. But I will take this offensive line on paper over the 08 version. I'm sorry, but Darnell Stapleton and Justin Hartwig and Kimoyatu as your interior, I'll take Cole Dotson and Daniels as the interior from this year's line. And I know I haven't seen them play yet. It's just on paper, I feel like they have better potential. So then it comes down to in 2022, if you have a good enough if you have good enough skill position players, you have an offensive line that is in on paper is not bad. I'm not gonna say they're the best in the league, but they're not bad. Do you have the quarterback play to get it done? And that's going to be the big question. In 05 and 08, they had the quarterback play to get it done, but let's also not forget that 05, Roethlisberger had some absolute stinkers, some really bad games, and they still found a way to win. But let's go to the defense. Offense, 2022 is very comparable, in my opinion, to a lot of those other teams. Defense is a different story. I talked about 08 being the most dominant defense I've ever seen in my years of being a Steelers fan. And that goes back to the Blitzburg defenses that I watched as a kid in the mid-90s. They were just that good from top to bottom. So immediately, we'll compare them to 08, but there's no way that I'm, uh, maybe maybe just one position, <laughs> maybe just one player, I'm taking the current roster over them. But I mean, it's you got to understand how good that 08 team was. If you're young and you're listening to this and you don't know about the 2008 Steelers, Maybe you were really, really young when they won Super Bowl 43. I recommend you do a couple things. Read a book like Paul Amalu by Jim Wexel, and then also go back and just watch YouTube videos about the 2008 Steelers. Listen to Ryan Clark talk. Listen to James Harrison. Watch some of these videos. The NFL, uh, NFL Films has done specials on this defense already. Go back and watch 
the Super Bowl 43 America's Game. You can see those on YouTube as well. You will understand just how good they are, even if you didn't live through it. So you look at the 2022 projected, you know, the projected on paper, we'll put it that way, defensive front. You have Larry, you have uh, maybe Chris Wormley, you got uh, Montrevious Adams, and you know you have Cam Hayward. Tyson Alualu's in there. For the first time in a long time, I really do feel like the Steelers going into this season are not going to have just, hey, this is our three. And what I mean by that is I don't think they're going to say, you might have, obviously you're going to have starters, and so you're going to have Cam, and you'll probably have Montrevious Adams, and you'll have whoever else they want to put at the left side. Maybe it's Wormley. Maybe it's DeMarvin Leal. I don't know. But I feel like for the first time in a long time, the Steelers are honestly going to have a rotation of players, whether it's situational players, whether it is just keeping the bodies fresh. I don't feel like this is going to be kind of what they had in 2005 where you had Aaron Smith, Casey Hampton, Kima Von Olhoffen, or in 08, Aaron Smith, Casey Hampton, Brett Kiesel. You know, they did have players to rotate in in those years, but those players that rotated in, I just don't feel like they had the quality depth that they have this year. I will take those starters over the starters this year outside of Cam Hayward. I think Cam Hayward would have been awesome next to Casey Hampton, but I'm just saying that from a rotational standpoint, this 2022 defense, I like what they have on paper. And when you go to outside linebackers, you have TJ Watt. TJ Watt, barring injury or something crazy happen, is going to set the new Steelers single-season sack record probably this year, if not this year, next year. And on top of that, he could – I mean, he tied the NFL record for sacks in a season. I would take him, TJ Watt, over – Probably any other outside linebacker in Steelers history, maybe except James Harrison in his prime, but even then I'll probably still take T.J. Watt. T.J. Watt's like the one guy that I'd say I'll take him over anyone because he's that good. And so when I look at that, other than you know Watt and Highsmith, I'll take Woodley and Harrison. Watt and Highsmith, I will take them over Hagens and Porter though. So comparable outside linebacker. Now, you don't want to get into depth. That's that's a different story altogether. But from a starting standpoint, I like the 2022 roster. Now, inside linebackers, when you have Farrier and Foot, it's tough to beat. Now, we don't know what Miles Jack, Devin Bush, what that's going to look like. Will you see someone like uh, Buddy Johnson? The game has changed a lot, too. Let's keep that in mind. The game has become more specialized. The inside linebacker positions have changed. You know, the Steelers run so much sub-package football that this is not like the Dick LeBeau 3-4 defense where he would keep those inside linebackers out there all the time, whether it was Lawrence Timmons when he was drafted in 07, or whether it was, you know, the the Farriers and the Foots that we all got so used to seeing. It was definitely, it's definitely different, but I'm still going to take Farrier and Foot over all those guys. You talk about the cornerbacks. So you had Ike Taylor, McFadden, Ike Taylor, Deshae Townsend, you have Akella Witherspoon, Levi Wallace, Cam Sutton. You want to throw in James Pierre. It's it's going to be, again, a different defensive system. You're going to have players that are going to be in and out of the lineup based on down and distance. They're going to be in and out of the lineup based on what defensive coverages they're doing. Is it cover? Are they playing zone? Are they playing man schemes? All those things matter. I don't I, I'm not against the Steelers defense. The defensive backfield, the way some fans are right now, they're like, well, they don't have a true number one. Did they have a true number one in 05? In 05, Ike Taylor wasn't Ike Taylor. 
it was in 08 when he really started to come on and become a really, really good player. He was drafted in 03 along with Paul Amalu. But still, in 05, Ike Taylor was still learning the game. People forget that in 04, he was benched for a little bit. Uh, so it's one of those situations where the Steelers cornerbacks this year, I don't think they're as bad as people think. Now, safety, that's different altogether. Everyone remembers Troy Polamalu. He's a strong safety. Minka Fitzpatrick is the free safety. Minka Fitzpatrick is one of the best safeties in the league. I would take him over anyone else. He's the highest paid safety for a reason. I think that he is he is a cerebral player like Palomalu. I don't think he has the physical skill set that Palomalu did, but again, they're playing a different position. He's not being asked to patrol the line of scrimmage. But what did we learn last season? Minka can do that. He can absolutely do that. He led the Steelers in tackles last season. You don't want your safety to lead the team in, in tackles, but he did. Terrell Edmonds plays a strong safety role, and we've heard a lot about how this three-headed monster of Fitzpatrick, Edmonds, and KZ could be really, really dynamic for the Steelers in 2022. As for the specialists, Chris Boswell, I think is I think he's going, going to be the, the best kicker in Steelers history. I really honestly do. When he's all done, when he's, his career's finished, I think he's going to be known as the best kicker in Steelers history. Big Press, my boy Big Press, Presley Harvin III, I'm not sure how he's going to trend. But I will tell you this, folks. What did I learn after doing going back and looking at all these names and taking a look at past rosters that have won Super Bowls? It's that I said this at the beginning, and I'll say it again. Every single one of these teams, they had areas of question. We'll put it that way. The, the, the question marks were, were definitely there on the roster. You look at 08, the offensive line. You look at 05, maybe it was some of the the, the, the depth at positions like running back. I, I, it's tough to say because they won a Super Bowl, but I want you all to know I'm not suggesting that this current 2022 roster is Super Bowl worthy, but I think that when you look at it on paper, and that's an easy thing to do in July because they haven't played, they haven't reported to camp yet, but my gosh, this team, 2022, they're they're a good team. I really honestly believe they're a good team. Are they a great team? Now they've got a lot of work to do before that happens. Could they become a great team? They absolutely could. But this was a fun trip down memory lane, and I hope you enjoyed this trip down memory lane. Thanks to my mom for giving me this topic to discuss. Hopefully you enjoyed it. Hey, don't forget on Tuesday, be on the lookout for my tweet. You can follow me on Twitter for free at jhartman, H-A-R-T-M-A-N underscore P-I-T, I'll put out the tweet probably around mid-morning, closer to noon, saying, hey, I need questions for the mailbag segment for the Wednesday show. You respond to that, and I will answer your question live on Wednesday's podcast. I hope you all had a great 4th of July weekend and a great holiday. I'll be back on Wednesday to talk all things Pittsburgh Steelers. In the meantime, you know we finished it out here. Be safe, be kind, and God bless. Go Steelers. We'll see you on Wednesday. Burn it all till the morning light My switch is never turned on